Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. We've been doing the Advent thing, and this week a lot of people do love. I actually do peace, be the fourth candle. We'll light the fifth candle on Christmas Eve. So... What we're going to do is we're going to talk about peace, and it's something that we all want. It's something we strive for. Um, Most people say, you know, what what do you want the most in this life? And you get to a certain age where it finally becomes peace. Up to that age, it's cars and boats and motorcycles and stuff, right? And then all of a sudden, you get to this, this spot in your life where all you want is peace. And, you know, what do you do for it? How do you find it? Where do you get it? And we're, we're chasing it all the time. And we think that um, things that are easy give us peace. And I'm one of these people. I went through this, you know, any, anything that's got a remote control or electric start or anything would bring me peace. Well, it just brought me debt. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's so short-lived. But we try it. We chase it down. We, we strive for it when you get to be a certain age. How are you guys doing? And where do you find it? What are you doing to try to find peace in your life? It's the number one thing people want. And I want you all to think about it right here, right now. What do you do? Where are you finding it at? I actually find peace in people. And the more they get together, the better. I mean, I guess there's up to a certain point, but uh, and I'm going to use last night as one of them. I just feel at peace when I'm with you guys. And I know all these different gifts and talents you got. And, you know, I might be a little bit off base with this, but when you're in the presence of somebody that you know is good at something or has a heart for something or can fix whatever it is, you begin to have peace. And when you start to get more people in your life that can do this, the peace gets greater and greater, and it's found in the presence of somebody else. It's not something that you can give me. It's something that you cause and we want to be careful not to expect this from Jesus. A lot of people come to Christianity and they're, they're looking for peace and love and all this stuff. Haven't I told you a hundred times the hippies almost had it right? You know, the peace and the love. This is what we want, right? They almost had it. Just a couple things there they probably could have held back on a little bit. And we should too. But what do you do to find it? Where do you go? How do you handle it when you do find it? How long can you make it stay? And do you live with it each and every day? It's something that's just hard to find. And, you know, I'd love to stand up here and snap my fingers and you all have peace. And that's what they thought was going to happen when their king came back. I'm sorry, came into the world. And there was all this prophecy, of course, about the Prince of Peace. In fact, let's take a look at Isaiah I think that says 9-6. Let me turn this back on or get some glasses or something. Isaiah 9-6. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and he will be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Okay, now you gotta you gotta go back, right, and think about this. They're waiting for this this. Messiah to come to the world. And this is one of the prophecies that they were hanging their hats on, that this this Messiah, the Christ, was going to come, and he was going to defeat their enemies, he was going to take care of all their problems, he was going to make them a wealthy nation, and he was going to be the Prince of Peace. He was going to bring, bring peace to the world. 
and they got a baby. He came for a different reason than what they thought. And as we've gone through this Advent thing, I've wanted you to try to go back 2,000 years and think about what they wanted and what they got. He was a Savior that came not to save them from their enemies as much as to save them from themselves. And they weren't really expecting this. Do you guys do the same thing? Did you come to Christianity because you thought it would bring you peace? Did you come to Christianity because you thought that Jesus would take care of all your problems, answer all your prayers, do everything that you wanted? You actually are worshiping a genie in a lamp and not the Messiah. Yes, he is the Prince of Peace. But people get this mixed up. And actually they thought he was going to be a savior, right? It says, a savior is given to you. He's going to save us. But they thought he was going to save them from all this other stuff that they wanted to be victorious over. And what he did was he saved their soul. He saved them from themselves, from their own hearts and their own minds. Is that how you're treating the Messiah? the Christ in your life, that you can do all these things. He's going to save you, whatever you do. You got all these things in your mind. That's the kind of culture they had or the the attitude that they had 2,000 years ago. The Savior was going to come and fix everything. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. Got news for you didn't happen that way and they didn't like it and a lot of us don't either a lot of people come to church they come to Christ for all the wrong reasons and when it doesn't happen and all their prayers don't get answered they're out this doesn't work you guys are just goofy doesn't work I tried it I hope you're not here for, for that you have to have a different mindset on what the Savior is, the King of Kings. He was a Savior, but not the kind of Savior that they wanted. Is he the kind of Savior you want? Or are you looking for the genie in the lamp? Every time something bad happens, we're going to rub it. He's going to fix it. And all they're going to do is just turn it over to him, right? They're just going to give it to him. I'm going to lay everything down at this lamp, knowing that he's going to pop out of it and fix everything. Because he's the Prince of Peace, we all think that we're going to have peace. If so, why does it say this? Matthew 10, 34. Would you put that up on the screen, please? Do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. What? All this prophecy has just told us that the Prince of Peace is coming, a Savior is coming, and he comes and he shows up and his very words are, I did not come to bring peace on earth. And I don't like how people are using this, and I got to give you a lesson on this. First of all, you're taking it out of context if you're reading it the, the way that you think you are right now. And we use this because we want peace. It says right here all over, the Messiah's coming. I got, I got prophecy written down here somewhere that the, the king was coming and he was going to fix everything. Micah 5.2, out of Bethlehem will come a ruler 
Think about this in your life. Jeremiah 23, 5 says, A king shall reign and prosper. Zechariah, behold, your king is coming to you. Wow. And then he shows up and said, I didn't come to bring you peace. I came with a sword. Well, let me try to put this into uh, context for you. First of all, if you're reading this, just taking that one line out, you're really going to screw this up. He was actually sending out the 12 apostles, and he's telling them that this is not going to be easy. Why do people come to Christianity and think they're going to get everything they want? They're going to get peace, and they're going to get prosperity, and, and we're going to have all of our enemies defeated, and I can do whatever I want, and I'll lay it at the foot of the cross, and he's going to take care of it. All i got to do is rub the lantern, and the genie's going to come out and fix everything. And he shows up, and he tells these guys, go out and start my church. And then he starts to say these things. He's actually telling them, they are going to have problems. People are going to hate you, and you are going to cause issues that you can't even imagine. Has that ever happened to any of you? If you wanted the genie, and all of a sudden you rubbed it to try to fix something, and now somebody hates you, and they don't like you, they don't want to hang around you anymore, and you hear things like, oh, they saw the light, right? Now they can't be friends with you anymore causes division in your life, and all you wanted was the genie in the bottle. Here's some of the things that he says while he's getting ready to send these guys out. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Now remember, he's sending out the 12 to go start his church, just exactly the same way you guys are supposed to be in ministry to expand the kingdom. So do not be afraid of them. He's, he's talking to his 12 here. For they are nothing. He's telling them this is not going to be easy. He's not speaking to us that um, I didn't come for peace because we know that he did. He rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, which represented peace. He says he's coming back on a white horse, which represents war. So he would have come for peace. But when he returns, it's going to be for war. But then he tells these guys, I didn't come to bring peace on earth. I came with a sword. And he begins to tell them, people are going to hate you and all this stuff. Now, some of you have had to have this happen in your life. I have a whole new set of friends because I just told you about my old friends. Right? Fred's probably going to call me this afternoon. The peace that Jesus came for was to give you peace with God. There was this separation because of sin. And when he comes to give you peace, he's giving you, he's filling that gap that there was between us and God the Father. He was going to make peace between you and God, not you and your enemies. Yep, he wants us all to act a certain way. And we can get mad at people and everything like that, but you need to do it in a right way. You can do it with kindness. You can do it with gentleness. You know, I preach on the fruit of the Spirit all the time. And this is how we're supposed to act. You're supposed to love everybody. Doesn't mean you have this warm, fuzzy, mushy feeling for them. It's an agape love that means to set them before you. Treat them like you treat yourself. It's not some, um, let's see, filio. 
I think, is the kind of love that you have, a brotherly love. And, and eros is the kind of love that you would have with your spouse. That's not even mentioned in the Bible. And then there's storge. That's the kind of respectful love that you would have for a good friend. You see, they had all these different kinds of words for love, and we use love just like crazy, right? I love pizza. Now, I don't really love pizza. It means I like it a lot. I mean, that's kind of obvious, right? You guys are all looking right here right now. You're judging me really bad. We're not supposed to do that either, right? Well, you have to. I don't know whether you can stop that. What he's trying to be is the bridge between you and God. He's trying to make peace between you and the one that can throw you into the fire. He didn't come so that you would be buddy buddies with everybody. And he's telling these guys, when you go out, just the opposite. But what he's really causing here, he actually says, "Uh, for I have come to turn man against the father, a daughter against the mother, a daughter-in-law against their mother-in-law. My goodness. Jesus says that. What kind of peacemaker is that? He's the prince of peace. And he's going to turn family members against each other. Anybody got any questions about this one? Well, I'm going to tell you. You know, I'm huge on culture, right? If you don't know who the author is, if you don't know what's going on, if you don't know what was happening in the day, you're never going to understand this. And what's happening here is he's telling them, you're going to send you out, and I'm not going to bring peace on earth, but I'm going to do it with a sword. And I'm going to cause all this disruption. And I'm going to tell you why. Because their culture was such a culture that, oh, you got to go back to some of the Old Testament law. We all love to read that, right? Did you know it was against the law to be stubborn? Whoa. I'm out. I'd be hung. Right? It was actually a stubbornness from the children to the parents. Their culture was such that whatever the father said, the son did it. And if you don't do it, you could die. You could be stoned. Whatever the mother told a daughter to do, she had to do it. They arranged marriages. They had to follow the, the uh, talents of whatever the craftsmanship was of the father. This is where parents ruled, and especially the father of the home. Whatever he said goes. And Jesus is actually flipping their culture around and saying, I am going to cause a problem between son and father. Because the culture was that you did exactly what the Father said. And he's flipping this culture and saying, you can be free from this. You can do what you want. You can have peace. But it's going to cause a problem. The problem was that they were doing things that the father and the mother told them to do. And they were following rituals and ceremonies and all this stuff they thought they were doing just right. But the kids were a slave to the parents. They were not free. And I think you can actually understand this, right? You hear on the news and stuff, right, that uh, if, if one of the children actually marriages out of their... Oh, I better be careful how I say this. If they were to marry somebody that the parents didn't like, they would be shunned, chased down, probably brought back home, and hurt badly. 
they had to follow these rituals, these rites, these rules, and these laws. And Jesus is coming to say, I am going to turn son against father. I am going to turn mother or daughter against mother because he's setting them free and giving them peace from all the stuff the family made them do. This was their culture. And of course, the high priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees and everything were making their own law now. It wasn't so much law that God gave them, but they were making their own law that went way beyond what God told them to do. And they were stoning people for all kinds of different reasons. And Jesus is saying, I am coming with a sword because you don't have to do what they said because it's wrong. Now you get it? He actually is bringing them peace. He's setting them apart from what he, what he thought was wrong. And if you follow him, you're going to have problems. Don't use that out of context any different than that. You've got to know what the culture is and what they were dealing with. And family ruled the kids' life. Now, you young people in here, I don't want you going home and saying, preacher said I didn't have to do what you said. You see, I'm looking over here, Justin, right? Uh, all right, we'll, we'll talk later. It doesn't give you the right to be mean. It doesn't give you the right to be cruel. It doesn't give you the right to do whatever you want. But what it does is, is it gives you peace that you can do the right thing. This is something that causes peace when you're in his presence. It's not something he gives you. But when the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings comes to you and says, I want you to do this, not what your father wants you to do, it would have been a problem. But they would have peace knowing that their Lord and Savior gave them a command to do the right thing. How are you guys doing? Here's the right thing. We can have peace, and it's going to cause issues. It's going to cause separation. You might lose some friends. But if you're doing it for the right reason, you truly will have peace. Now, I've found myself in a lot of pickles before, and I've had to tell people things that I didn't want to tell them and explain to them their children were doing things that they shouldn't be doing. But I knew that it was okay because it was the right thing to do. I didn't want to do it. It caused a problem. But I had peace knowing that I did the right thing. That's the kind of peace you get when you follow Jesus Christ. He's not going to fix everything. In fact, he's going to come into your life with a sword. That hurts. All my old friends are gone. I got new ones that are better. Oh, Fred's not going to like that, is he? I have to edit that out. He was cool, but he was no Jesus. He was a savior many times, but he was no Jesus. He didn't bring us peace. He let us do whatever we wanted. It was all who we knew. Have you ever had a big brother or big sister or something, somebody picking on you, right? And all of a sudden, here comes big brother. You got a problem? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. 
We don't have that problem anymore, right? Big brother's going to take care of it. Big sister, mom, dad. You ever had to defend your children? That's the kind of Jesus we have with a sword. Now, I'm not giving you permission to go home and use it that way. But he will take care of some things as long as they're right, as long as they're holy, as long as they're good, and as long as you're using them right, as long as you're doing it with kindness and goodness and gentleness. This doesn't give you the right to to hate people. This doesn't give you the right to talk bad to them. This doesn't give you the right to throw them out of your house with the sword. But you could ask them to leave kindly and gently, and we don't do that anymore. And this is how we, we live now. And there might cause some sort of separation, but if you know you're right, you have peace. That's why Jesus came, to give you peace by doing the right thing. He bridged this gap so that you can have that kind of life for eternity. Will the worship team get ready? I'm out of old notes. What I do want to talk to you about is their their culture of approaching a king. Now, Jesus came as the king of kings, right? Baby was born. And when the angels come and say, do not be afraid, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. A savior is born to you in the town of David. Go and see him. They would have been a little bit afraid because you couldn't approach a king. And they said the king was coming and the king was born. Go see him. You couldn't approach a king. Okay, go back to their culture, right? This would be like trying to get an appointment with our uh, president. Nah, don't, don't. Just using it as an example. Yeah, right. Were you going to send him a letter and say, hey, I want to meet with you? You would be, uh, your background would be checked. Your, your body would be checked. You understand what you would go through to even be in the presence of somebody like that? That's how kings were in their day. And they could not just approach a king. In fact, they were scared to death. If the king sent for you, you were probably going to be beheaded. They just didn't say, come on, hang out with us. Hey, king sent for you. You're supposed to go see the king. They wouldn't be going, yay, I get to go hang out with the king today. Uh-uh, this was bad. This was like getting called to the principal's office. And they could not approach a king. And now they could. He's a different kind of king. And he's the same for you guys today. He is easy to approach. He wants to spend time with you. Somebody in authority says, hey, come on and hang out with me today. This is not scary. It would have been scary back then. It's not scary for us anymore. He's not going to solve all your problems. He's going to give you peace with the Father so that you can have eternal life. And he's also going to give you peace and to guide you if you do the right thing. And when you do the right thing, you have a great amount of peace. We all know what that feels like. We've had to do it, something with your children or maybe children with parents. You say or do the right thing, and it's hard, and it can cause a problem. But it gives you that kind of peace. That's the kind of peace that you can have with our Lord and Savior. All you need to do is follow Him. 
And you don't have to be afraid to go into his presence. He knows everything about you. The forgiveness has been paid for. Your slate has wiped clean. You can walk up to him just to a smiles and saying, thank you for waiting for me. You realize if you would have came back yesterday, one or two of you in here, or maybe all of you wouldn't have made it. Aren't you glad he waited? I'm glad he waited for me. As much as I want him to come back today, we got a lot of people that need to approach the king, and we can do it. We can do it with kindness and gentleness. Sometimes it's done with a sword, and it's not going to be fun, and it's not going to be pretty, but it's going to be very peaceful because you tried to save them from a fire that they'll never get out of. Do you really hate somebody that bad? I've said this a hundred times. You're inside the gate. They're outside the gate being denied. And they look at you and say, why didn't you tell me? The kind of peace that comes from telling somebody is beyond what you can think. Have you tried it lately? Have you ever tried it? Will you try it today? There's peace out there for people that need it real bad. It's not going to fix all their problems, but they can have it. So let's go back 2,000 years ago. They told the shepherds, good news for you. The king has been born. Go see him. He's waiting for you. He wants to talk to you. Even in the little drummer boy, he said that smile, he smiles at you. You can do that exact same thing right here, right now. We are supposed to imitate Christ. Do what he did. He bridged a gap between a separation in a relationship, us with God. Can you be that same gap filler? You could. You know, we'll be sitting around the table this year. And, well, no, we're not going to do that, are we? If you're sitting around the table this year, and you know there's some friction going on at that table, can you fill that gap? Can you be the one? You can. You can do it kindly, and you can do it gently. You could be the Savior. Well, we don't, we don't want to get involved, do we? And I don't want you to stir up a whole bunch of trouble. But this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to live in community and love one another, be kind to one another and gentle with one another. And we get together on these holidays and there always seems to be some friction. Maybe your family's better than mine was, but there's always a little something. Why don't we ever try to be that bridge, to bring them together, to help them? Maybe somebody could use your peace in their life. You could be that peace. You know those people I was telling you about that I felt so good being around? It was for all the wrong reasons. But now that I know better, there are people like you guys that I love to be around. The talents in this room, the goodness, the love, the kindness. I could spend days with, well, hours with you guys. (laughs) I know some of you too well, man. You couldn't stand me that long. Why don't you be the peace in somebody's life? Why don't you be the Fred in somebody's life? Give them peace. If they're sitting at the table, you could be that peace that they need. If they need peace in their life, 
Maybe you could try just a little bit. Not because I'm asking you to, because you're supposed to. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you that your son brought that bridge and filled that gap that we needed to have peace with you, that you saw us in the light that you truly made us in. God, we just want to live for you, with you in eternity, in that kind of peace. And I can't help but to want to bring somebody that same kind of peace. I want to help. I want to be part of the the kingdom here on earth that bridges a gap that can bring somebody else peace. Use us, Father. Use us as you please. Today we fall on our knees and just worship you and ask you to guide us the best that you can. In Jesus' name, amen.